Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. All righty, here we go. Brand new Flyers Daily for the 9th of November, 2023. Flyers will be back in action coming up on Friday when they take on the Anaheim Ducks in Anaheim. They lost Anaheim earlier uh, this season at Wells Fargo Center. That game was back on October 28th. Flyers lost that game. 7-4, to four. Anaheim off to a pretty good start this season. It'll be Anaheim Friday at 10 o'clock, and then Saturday they'll face the Los Angeles Kings at 10.30. They're actually going to fly back overnight that night, come back to Philadelphia, spend a day or two here before going back to take on the Carolina Hurricanes on November 15th. That's a Wednesday night, and that'll wrap up the four-game homestand. Then they'll come home uh, for two against Vegas and Columbus. Then it'll be off to the Islanders, back home against the Rangers, then back up to take on the Islanders. Then it'll be the Carolina Hurricanes on the 28th, and we'll wrap up the month of November with the New Jersey Devils. Some good teams on there for sure. Some teams that you will go, okay, bonafide playoff teams, no doubt about it. The Rangers, Carolina, New Jersey for that matter, all going to be teams that are going to be headed to the postseason and uh, the Flyers. Coming off that loss against the San Jose Sharks. And boy, were the hot takes flying on social media. I am convinced. Now, you can always tweet me at Jason Mert, J-A-S-O-N-M-Y-R-T. You can DM me there as well. My DMs are open. Uh, You can email me, jason.mertitus, M-Y-R-T-E-T-U-S, at gmail.com. And look, I'm not sure. Like, I see games like, that happened against San Jose. And look, we were hard on the team yesterday in the, in the episode, losing that game. The fact that it, it became a trap game, that they're in no position to take any team lightly. And we went in on that, and you can go back to listen to that if you missed it. I mean, we were taping that right after the game, and I was a little fit to be tied. But here's the deal. I don't know sometimes if what I see on social media or, you know, I hear when I – run into people out at, you know, the Wawa or, you know, if I'm walking around downtown borough of Westchester and I see some people that are Flyer fans or whatever it is, if dissatisfaction is just louder than understanding. Now, what I mean by that, like dissatisfaction, if you're not happy about something, you're much more vocal about it. It's kind of the, you know, the negative minority or, you know, the angry Minority, but it's very loud. It's very vocal. It's very pronounced. When you have an understanding about something, you're not going to complain about it. There's not really much to say other than you have an understanding that, in this example, a rebuild in sports is full of bumps and little peaks and little valleys, little positions in seasons where you go, wow, maybe we're not as far away as we thought. And then other seasons where you go, wow, we're way further away than we thought. And that's kind of what this year has been. Now, the truth in it lies somewhere in the middle. It's not to the extreme of we're not as far as we thought, and it's not as we're way worse than we thought. It's somewhere in the middle of that is where the truth lies. And it's 13 games into a season. Yeah, they lost to a San Jose Sharks team that stinks out loud, has been terrible. They were 0-10-1 coming into the game. They gave up 20 goals in the two games prior. But look, these things are going to happen when you're in a rebuild. And the thing I think that 
I find so interesting, so interesting. I don't tweet a lot anymore. I read a lot on Twitter, and sometimes I go, okay, I've had enough, and i got to just put the stupid thing down and go this echo echo chamber of contradictions and revisionist history and a lack of understanding. I have to just put it down for my own sanity. Like I've gone to, I don't, I don't block people on social media, but I've gone to the mute because I just can't, it just, it, it drives me bananas. But as I'm like kind of looking after the game yesterday and, you know, immediately after the game that night and need to get to bed and the whole thing, you know, I see a lot of the people, the, the people that I have seen for multiple years now, beating on the Twitter, the Twitter app like a drum about the team needing to do a rebuild and do a proper rebuild, but then freaking out when they lost that game or freaking out when they lost to Buffalo. If you want a rebuild, if you're saying this is what they've needed to do, then be prepared for what comes with a rebuild. Awful losses like the one to San Jose are part of a rebuild. I'm not excusing the loss. I'm not. That was a bad loss. They took a team for granted that they cannot take for granted. Bad loss. That team has stunk so far, and you lost to them. And you carry the embarrassment of being the first team that lost to that team. But damn it, if you've been asking for a rebuild and you're going to get mad every time there's a bad loss through a rebuild, then you're going to drive yourself crazy. Absolutely insane. And it makes, for me, that makes those people just, uh, I can't take it anymore. It's like I have to mute you. You've been asking for the rebuild. You've got the rebuild. In every essence of it, by name, all of it. And then they have a loss like that or a loss like they had against Buffalo last week and you freak out. So do you want it or do you not want it? I've said this all along. It's easy to say you want to rebuild in sports or it's easy to say you want to tank in sports, but it is a difficult way to live. Because as fans in sports, we may go, yeah, it's better for them to lose or it's better for them to be in a rebuild and not a win-now mentality all the time. But because we're fans of sport, we want to win. So we freak out when they lose. So again, look, is this just a vocal minority? I don't know. I'd love to get people's help on it. So what I wanted to do in this episode, that was a really long way of me getting to what I want to accomplish in this episode. So I went back and I looked at a bunch of teams' rebuilds. I have a bunch of different examples and what they kind of went through. One that I see gets cited quite a bit, a lot. This one gets cited a lot, is the Rangers because they sent the letter to the fans. Now, the letter to the fans was from John Davidson, who was the president of hockey operations, or no, excuse me, Glenn Sather and Jeff Gordon, who was the general manager. And they sent this letter on February 8th of 2018. So 
it started out and just said, as a member of the Blue Shirt Faithful, we consider you a part of the Rangers family and always want to ensure we share important news about the organization directly with you. Today, we want to talk about the future. And they talked about trading away pieces and taking a step back to ultimately try to move forward again. And people applauded it. People here say, I wish the Flyers would do that. Send a letter. Whatever. So that Rangers team, again, that's February of 2018, the next year, after they kind of broke it down a little bit. The next season was 2018-19. The Rangers in year one, technical year one of the rebuild, that year they went 32, 36, and 14 and had 78 points. And they finished seventh in the Metropolitan Division, seven out of eight teams. Now, on that team, like I look at their schedule and results. I look at the beginning of the year, like within their first 13 games. There were some really crappy teams in the NHL that year. They lost to Buffalo 3-1 to in game two. They lost to the San Jose Sharks, or they beat San Jose, excuse me, in overtime. They also lost early in that season to the Florida Panthers. They lost... To the Los Angeles Kings, 4-3. to three. The Kings at that time stunk, were not good. They were also in their rebuild. They lost to Buffalo again. They lost to Montreal, who was not very good at that time. I mean, they had some bad losses on, the, on their schedule all throughout the year. Multiple losses to the Ottawa Senators. And the Senators stunk. Stunk. Like, terrible that year. I mean, you look at the teams in the NHL that season. The Ottawa Senators were the worst team in the league. They had multiple losses against them. The Sens that year went 27-47-6. and six. The Kings were the second worst team. They lost to them twice. 31-42-9. They lost to the Devils multiple times. Third worst team in the league. They split with the Detroit Red Wings. Fourth worst team in the league. You're going to have losses to bad teams. Rangers were the fifth worst team in the league. That year, year one after their lockout. Now, after that year, so they have that. They, they sh- kind of strip it down. They don't strip it all the way down. There's this notion that, oh, you got to strip it all the way down. you got to rip it down to the studs to rebuild. Do, you, do people think that's what the Rangers did? Because I don't see it that way at all. Not even close. Yeah, they, tr- they got rid of some guys. But did they get rid of Chris Kreider? Mika Zibanejad? No. They kept some pieces there. They had Matt Zuccarella at 31 years of age. Then they started making moves. Signed, you know, Acquiring Jacob Truba. They're able to get Adam Fox, who wanted to play in New York. They're able to get Artemi Panarin. They're able to add other pieces. And boom, they go from Henrik Lundqvist right into Igor Shosturkin. That helps. And their rebuild was like the snap of a finger. But it's not always like that. They had this weird thing going on where they could do it really quickly because Artemi Panarin and Fox pushed their way there and they had Shesterkin coming. So that's a rare, to me, that's a very rare situation. Now, another team, when I think about rebuilds right now, we'll talk about Buffalo in a minute. But another team that when you think rebuild, is you think of a team like the Detroit Red Wings, who were sorely in need of some sort of rebuild. They went 25 straight years of making the Stanley Cup playoffs. And now it's been a while. 
it's been a while since they've been a viable team in the league. And on one occasion, they were the worst team in the NHL, but I think by 19 standings points. They were horrific. And if you ask their general manager now, who, by the way, built the Tampa Bay Lightning, Steve Eiserman, he still says they're in a rebuild all these years later. Now, he's been there since 2019. He had good young players, guys like Larkin, Bertuzzi. They have other ones. They've drafted guys. They had Anthony Mantha, Andreas Athanasiu. The only one that remains out of that group is Dylan Larkin. All the other guys are gone. But as you look at it now, he was asked before this season started, is this team still in a rebuild? His answer, yep. Then he went on to explain. He said, I don't know when to, I guess, literally announce what stage of the rebuild we're at. Each year we've tried to add draft picks. We've tried to sign any of our unrestricted free agents that we could or chose to and wanted to. And the players we couldn't or weren't going to, we traded at the deadline. He said, I guess you're out of your rebuild when you're not doing that at the deadline. See, I think that's a, that is a good line of demarcation. How a team approaches the NHL trade deadline kind of tells you where they are. Are they in a rebuild or are they standing pat or trying to add for both the now and maybe long term? Obviously, the offseason and how you conduct yourself in free agency and all those pieces and elements add to it as well. But that team, still in a rebuild, has not made the playoffs since the end of that streak of 25 straight years. Let's go to Buffalo because Buffalo's a team. They've got some some high picks there. Uh, you look at a guy like Rasmus Dahlin. You know, their, their rebuild's been going on for a very long time. The most recent phase is with Rasmus Dahlin and Owen Power, two number one overall pick blue liners. Um, they have some good young talent, but are they a team that's ready to win? Now, through the rebuild, they lost some really big, important pieces. They lost Ryan O'Reilly, who said, I can't take it. I got to get out of here. And they got him out of there, and he won a cup in St. Louis. You look at what they've had between the pipes. They haven't made the playoffs in 14 years, I think it is now. I mean, it's taken a little long. No? I mean, if we're freaking out over a loss to San Jose and a loss to Buffalo last week in what I think is year two of this rebuild, year one of when they actually termed it a rebuild, if we're 13 games in and people are freaking out now, are we going to really wait 13, 14 years? No, of course we're not, because that's absurd, which is why you don't always tear it down. Let's look at a team like Ottawa. Now, Ottawa's an interesting one when it comes to the notion of rebuild. You know, Ottawa's a team, they had, a, they had this run a few years ago, just a great run that nobody saw coming. They had a good team. They had some good players. It was 2017. It's The Penguins ended up winning the Cup that year. They're playing the Pens in Game 7. Is that the Chris Kunitz goal, I think so? But all the key players from that 2017 team were sent back in. Here's who they were. Mark Stone, Cup champion with the Vegas Golden Knights. Eric Carlson came off an unbelievable year last year, now with the Penguins. 
I think it was a dumb move by the Penguins, but that's another story. Ryan Dezingle, Kyle Turris, J.G. Paggio, who's now with the Islanders, Derek Broussard, some important pieces. And they've they've really tore it down, and they're trying to build it back up. they got Josh Norris. Um, they got Tim Stutzla. They have Brady Kachuk. they got Claude Giroux, Drake Batherson, Jake Sanderson. They've got some good pieces. They make that big trade for Jacob Chikrin last year. All of these elements. They're a team you go, okay, they're finally ready to win. This rebuild's going to pay off. You know, we're freaking out in year 1.5 of this rebuild. Imagine what they're doing in Ottawa right now. Because Ottawa right now, through 10 games, has a record of 4-6. and six. I mean... They've made all those moves and all those pieces. They're four and six. So you look at that. So look, I say all of that to say this. And maybe this is just the echo chamber and the very vocal minority of angry people that said, I want to rebuild. I want to rebuild. They have to rebuild. They need to rebuild. They need to stink to get better. They need to tear it down to... But then when they don't perform well, I'm going to freak out there as well because they're just never going to be happy. They say they want one thing, but when it starts to happen, they freak out that it's happening. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know. I don't. But I think there's a lot of people out there that just don't understand what a rebuild is. They don't understand what they're asking for. You don't say a team needs a rebuild Go to sleep and wake up and it's over. It's not a red-eye flight from L.A. You take a, a sleeping pill and you wake up at the baggage claim line. <laughs> it's not what it is. So, I don't know. I'm not going to make it through the season unless I mute these people. I mean, just such revisionist history on there. It's crazy. Like, we got to get through this thing like with some understanding of what a rebuild is. And that sometimes there's going to be games like that San Jose game. And again, this isn't us letting the team off the hook. Because that can't happen. You can't take an opponent for granted. You can't come in there going, ah, we're way better than that team. And expect to win. Because it still is the NHL. You'll lose. And they showed it. No, there's some teams in the league that could have gone against San Jose. Like Vegas could play San Jose, not give them an ounce of respect. Be like, this team stinks. And go in there and probably play horribly by their standard and still win. Flyers aren't that team. Breaking news, that's not the Flyers right now. So there's a lot of work to be done to get to that point. All right, let's wrap it up there. Uh, Let me tell you that Flyers Daily is presented by Ticketmaster, Make More Memories Live, and that... We're really hoping on Friday in Anaheim the Flyers get lots of goals and lots of assists because that means the Flyers are teaming up with Penn Medicine for the Penn Medicine assist, which hopefully gets more food donated. 30 pounds of food for every assist the Flyers get this season will be donated to local communities in need. So we're hoping for that coming up on Friday as well. So we'll see where everybody goes, but I'd love to hear from people. Is this just the vocal minority, or is this just a lack of understanding from a certain segment of the fan base? What is it? 
All right. We'll talk to you tomorrow on a brand new Flyers Daily.